British Israel Church of God presents The Watchman Program The Watchman says Watch World News Watch Europe Watch China Watch Middle East The Watchman unlocks all Bible prophecy From the past, the present And the world to come And now Evangelist and commentator Peter Salemi Hi, Peter Salemi, and welcome to the Watchman Program. Have you ever wondered where the United States and the British Commonwealth, where we are identified in the pages of the Bible? Now, think of it for a minute. If the Bible claims to be the Word of God, then how could it ignore the greatest nations that the world has ever seen? The United States, Britain, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, and the peoples of Northwestern Europe. Well, believe it or not, these peoples, too, are identified in the pages of your Bible and are mentioned more times than any other nation in the Bible. Almighty God promised Abraham that he would become a father of many nations. And then he passed that birthright on to Isaac and then unto Jacob. And then Jacob blessed his two grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Now, he took that birthright, placed his hands on Ephraim and Manasseh in Genesis, the 48th chapter. And he said, let my name, that is the name of Israel, be named on them. Then pronounced a birthright blessing and said that Ephraim would become a great company of many nations. And Manasseh was to emerge as a great single powerful nation. In Genesis, the 48th chapter, starting in verse 16, here we see Jacob who was so happy to see his son Joseph, who thought, he thought Joseph died, that he was attacked by wild animals, but it was set up by his other sons of Reuben, Asher, Naphtali, and so on. And they faked his death, and he got sold into slavery and went into Egypt. Jacob, for many, many years, thought Joseph was dead. But then when he came into Egypt, he saw his son Joseph. And you can read this in the book of Genesis. He saw his son Joseph, and he was so happy to see his son that he pronounced the birthright blessing on his two grandsons. He said, The angel which redeemed me from all evil blessed the lads, that's Ephraim and Manasseh, and he said, Let my name, that is the name of Israel, be named on them. And then he pronounced the birthright blessing, and he said, Then Joseph, verse 17, saw that his father put his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, and he should have done it the other way, because Manasseh was the firstborn. It displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And in verse 19, Jacob said, He refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. And he, meaning Manasseh, shall become a people or a nation. And he also shall be great. So here we have Manasseh to become a great people or a great nation. But truly his younger brother shall be even greater than he, and his seed, or as the newer translations say, his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So here we have a great powerful nation and a great company of many nations, as it says in Genesis the 35th chapter, Verses 10 through 11, a nation and a company of nations shall be of you, Jacob, God says, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And then he said Ephraim before Manasseh, meaning that Ephraim would 
receive the blessings before Manasseh. And in verse 16, he says, Let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So they were to become scattered all over the world. Nations all over the world were to be descendant from Ephraim and Manasseh. You also find fulfilled the prophecies of the possession of the gates of their enemies in Genesis, the 24th chapter, verse 60, that Jacob, the great company of nations and the great single powerful nation, were to, have, were to possess the gates of their enemies. Now, let me just ask the question, where do you find in the world today two brother nations? One, a great company of nations. The other, a great single powerful nation that possess the gates of their enemies. None other than the United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations. These prophecies are speaking about us, our people, the USA and the British people. As I said before, you find fulfilled the prophecies through us of the possession of the gates of their enemies in the possession between Britain and the United States and the Dutch and some of the others of Northwestern Europe, those major and most important land and sea gates, the strategic passes of even major mountain ranges such as the Khyber Pass, the Bosporus, Dardanelles, Suez, the islands of the Mediterranean, such as Cyprus, Crete, and Malta, Gibraltar, Britain herself, the offshore islands, the Kattegat and Skagerrak that bottle up the Baltic, the Jutland or the Danmark people, the people of Dan, the tribe of Dan, occupying that island that juts up into the Baltic. And what about the United States and its isolation between two vast oceans between it and the European and Asiatic peoples, and especially the Panama Canal, the Hawaiian Islands, Midway, Wake, and Guam? What was the meaning of the Dutch possessing the East Indies, America, with their bases in the Philippines? And what about the southern tip of South America at Tierra de Fuego with the British military camp down in South America. What about the possession? Between those two brothers, a great collection, a great company of nations of Britain and America, a great single powerful nation, possessing the gates of their enemies. The strategic importance of all of those areas during World War II is impossible to overemphasize. Actually, it's impossible to even overemphasize even today, except true to the prophecies upon those peoples, Britain gradually withdrawing, withdrawing from the Indian Ocean, closing down all of her major bases, the United States getting kicked in the shins and slaps in the face from lesser countries oftentimes, even third world nations, nations who receive outpourings of vast American aid and tens of millions of bushels of wheat, but who rarely if ever get support from these countries in the U.N., such as India and other nations like this, though independent from the communist orbit, they are nevertheless a part of the third world and the Afro-Asian bloc and traditionally vote against the United States and Canada. So we are weakening continually. We have indecisive leadership. We back down in the face of threats. And true to the biblical prophecies, the pride of our power has been broken. The only way that you could really understand all of these great world events that are shaping history, and they're going to shape your own personal individual life, and already are, is to understand where we are identified in the pages of the Bible. 
We are the peoples of Ephraim, the half-tribe of Joseph, a part of the peoples of Israel. The United States is none other than Manasseh, and part of the other half of the tribe of Joseph, and part of the lost ten tribes of Israel. Many people do not understand that the word Jew and Israelite are not synonymous, any more than the word Californian and American are exactly synonymous, or Texan and American, or someone from Illinois called an Illini, or someone from Michigan and an American, because not all Americans are from Michigan. Not all Americans are Texans. All Texans, if they're American Texans, of course, instead of illegal aliens, are American, but it doesn't work the other way around. It doesn't work the same way with the Jews and the Israelites, because the first time you ever see that three-letter nickname used for the tribe of Judah is in 2 Kings 16.6. Look it up in your Bible and find out. Because you see with a gasp of amazement that the Jews are at war against Israel. Two separate nations, just as separate as any other political entity on the face of this earth today. As separate as Britain is from France, as France is from Germany, the house of Israel and the house of Judah are two separate nations. So an Ephraimite is not a Jew. A Manassite is not a Jew. A person from Asher or Dan is not a Jew. But a person from Judah, Judah is just one tribe out of the twelve. A person from Judah is a Jew. And scattered remnants of Benjamin and Levi, they are part of the kingdom of Judah and therefore nationally are Jews. But racially, they were not they are not Jews. Many people have, I guess, overlooked this truth of the Bible that not all Israelites are Jews. Now, I know it's, that's a shocking statement, but you can prove it in the pages of your Bible. Many people do not understand that there are four whole books in the Bible, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, that show the two completely separate national histories, separate national dynasties of kings, separate national capitals, with the house of Judah, the Jews on the one hand, and a whole band of the ten tribes of the house of Israel on the other hand. They are two separate entities. They used to be one nation, under Solomon, under David. But then at the time of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when he wanted to put the increase the tax burden on the Israelites, the kingdoms became split, and it was split down the middle. To the north was the ten tribes of Israel, and to the south was Judah, scattered remnants of Benjamin and Levi. That's what happened to the kingdom of Israel. Even when you look at the new covenant in Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, and Hebrews, the 8th chapter, you see that the new covenant is made with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, two separate entities. So when we see in the Bible, particularly in the prophecies of the Bible, the house of Israel, like I read to you in the last broadcast on the book of Ezekiel, that the work of the watchman is to the house of Israel, it doesn't mean the Jews, but it means the ten-tribe house of Israel, and those peoples are our people today, of the United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations, and we can prove that to you. 
We will offer the free literature a little later on in the broadcast. Now, after the split of the kingdom under Rehoboam's time, you see in the book of Kings and Chronicles two separate nations, the house of Israel, the house of Judah. Then the Assyrian Empire began to rise and then began to dominate the Middle East and took the house of Israel, not the house of Judah, but the house of Israel away, and they took them between the Black and the Caspian Sea. And you can read that in Second Kings, the 17th chapter. And there they settled, and then they brought pagan nations into the northern half of Judea, as it was called in the time of Christ, and these people became the Samaritans. And the house of Israel never returned to the promised land. Where did they go? What happened to them? At this point in history, they seem to have disappeared. What happened to the lost ten tribes? When you look at the Assyrian monuments, and many people who have studied the Assyrian tablets have concluded that the Assyrians called the Israelites by a different name. And I'm going to go into that in more detail in the second half of the broadcast. But first, we're going to give you information on where you can get your free CD-ROM with the booklet, The United States and the British Commonwealth in Bible Prophecy. So get a pen and paper handy and jot down the address where you can get your free CD-ROM and jot down our internet address as well. And the VP, Bill Pizzinas, will tell you how you can get your free CD-ROM. To get your free CD-ROMs, United States and Britain in Prophecy, please write to us at British Israel, Church of God, one. 71 West Barbara Avenue, Parump, Nevada, postal code 89060, or log on to our website at www.britishisrael.ca. All right, remember all our literature is absolutely free of charge, so write to us or log on to the website at britishisrael.ca and get your free literature. You can also read it online on our website as well. All right. Now back to our study. The key to finding the Lost Ten Tribes is in the Assyrian records. And the Assyrian records show that the Assyrians did not call the Israelites. They didn't call them Israel. They didn't call them Hebrews. But they called them after their king Omri. They called them the Bit Kumri. And King Omri, he had a very splendid reign. He was very well known among the Gentile people. And the Hebrew term for Beth and Omri got corrupted in the Assyrian language to Bit Kumri. And the H was more like a hard-sounding K in the Assyrian language. And they were called the Bit Kumri 100 years before the Assyrians actually took the Lost Ten Tribes away. So that is the key to finding the Lost Ten Tribes. The Assyrians called them by different names. And by the way, in our booklets... We will give you all the sources, the secular sources, and the biblical sources to prove to you many of these things that we're telling you here on the broadcast. So they were called the Bit Kumri. And when we find the Kumri appearing in between the Black and the Caspian Sea, the Lost End tribes disappear in 700 BC, and we see the Kimbrick peoples appear at that very same time. And the Kimbrick peoples, the Kumri, that the Assyrians called them, were called by the Greeks the Celts, the Celtic peoples. 
And these Celtic peoples, the origins of the Celts, go back to that place between the Black and the Caspian Sea. And these Celtic peoples, and a branch of them were called the Scythian peoples, the Sake, the Scythians. And these peoples migrated up into Europe and up into Scandinavia and eventually into Britain. And the Angles and the Jutes and the Saxons invaded Britain and colonized the British island, and then the Anglo-Saxons colonized Canada, New Zealand, Australia, the rest of the British Commonwealth, and you can actually trace the word Anglo and Saxon back to the tribe of Ephraim, and we can prove that to you in our booklet. Now, the Mercian Saxons that were dwelling west in the Isle of Britain colonized the original 13 colonies of the United States, and the Mercian Saxons, that name Mercian or Mercia, actually goes back to Maker, which was the firstborn of Manasseh. The Mercian Saxons colonized the original 13 colonies and became a great, single, powerful nation. The nation of Manasseh. And the other northwestern European countries we have traced back that settled in the United States, that we, we have traced back to Manasseh as well. The Germans, the Danes, the Dutch that came into the United States of America can be traced back to the tribe of Manasseh as well. So we have fulfilled those prophecies. We are the descendants of Ephraim and Manasseh. And the prophecies show that Ephraim was to colonize the world to become a great company of many nations. And Manasseh was to emerge as a great, single, powerful nation. We have fulfilled those prophecies in your Bible. In Deuteronomy, the 33rd chapter, notice these blessings that were, come up, were to come upon Joseph. It says, His glory, meaning Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, Britain and America, is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of the unicorns. With them he shall push, now the Hebrew word should read govern, he should govern the people together to the ends of the earth. Ephraim and Manasseh was to govern the world. And that's exactly what we have seen from the 16th century on into the 21st century as the United States is the only remaining superpower. Notice Genesis, the 49th chapter, talking about Joseph. It says here, Joseph is a fruitful bough. And remember, that means Ephraim and Manasseh. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches, the branches of Joseph, the colonies of Joseph, run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved Adam and shot at him and hated him. That's our enemies. And, of course, we can relate to that with what happened on September 11th and other wars that we have gone through, World War I, World War II, and so on. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. In Isaiah the ninth chapter, verse 6, Jesus Christ is called the mighty God. The nations of Joseph were to become Christian nations. From thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel. Christ is called the rock. In Deuteronomy 32 and 1 Corinthians 10th chapter, verse 4. So again, we are to become Christian nations. 
even by the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with the blessings of heaven above, and the blessings of the deep that lieth under, the blessings of the breasts and of the womb. These are temperate climates, good weather, the wealth of the land, the wealth of the deep that lieth in the sea, the blessings of the breasts and, the and of the womb, meaning good health nationally. And, of course, we experience uh, much better health nationally than other nations, third world nations around the world. This is what this is talking about. Verse 26, The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors under the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be upon the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was chief among, as the margin says, his brethren. What a description of national inheritance, international inheritance of the tribe of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh. That is describing our countries today. So you can't escape the prophecies that show that Ephraim and Manasseh is the modern-day fulfillment of the United States and the British Commonwealth in prophecy. You can prove it in the Bible, and you can prove it in secular history, that we are the house of Israel. Now, if you could prove that prophecies in the Old Testament have been fulfilled in the past and in the present, as we have shown you, well, then prophecies of the future will surely come to pass. What is going to come to pass? What is going to happen to our people, the United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations, unless we repent and return to Almighty God? The Bible speaks of a time called Jacob's Trouble in Jeremiah, the 30th chapter. And in verse 7, it says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, for it is even the time of Jacob's trouble, and Matthew 24, 21, and Daniel 12, verse 1, that is describing the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation is coming upon us, the United States and the British people. The fall of the United States is going to cause such a calamity worldwide. It is called, in the Bible, the greatest time of trouble the world has ever known. Our people are going to be in a condition of slavery and captivity unless we repent and return to Almighty God. And this is why this work of the watchman is so important, that it must go out to our people. The warning messages of why we're going into slavery, why we're going into captivity, because we have forsaken Almighty God. Notice Jeremiah, the 30th chapter, in verse 8. After he proclaims the great tribulation, it says, For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Eternal of hosts, that I will break his yoke off your neck. And you see who lays that yoke on our neck in Isaiah 10, verse 27, and in Isaiah 47, verse 6. And it is a power yet to rise up in Europe, and we have helped build that very monstrosity, my friends, that very Frankenstein, that biblical prophecy says is going to rise and destroy us if we don't repent and return to our God. Listen, I will break the yoke from off their neck, and I will burst their bonds, and strangers, that's Gentile nations, other nations, shall no more serve themselves of him, but they shall serve the eternal their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Notice the time setting, the time of the resurrection when David will be our king 
over all of Israel. And the Lord our God will be the king over all of the earth. And of course, the Lord in the Old Testament is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Verse 10, Therefore fear not, O, o my servant Jacob, nor be dismayed, O Israel. Let's say, O United States, and O Britain today, because that's who it's talking about, and it's for our time now. For lo, I will save you from afar, and your seed from the land of their captivity. Notice, we are going to have a yoke upon us. We are going to be in the land of our captivity. Slaves under domination of a Gentile power called the beast, and also a power called Gog and Magog, which is modern-day China, and we'll go into that in other broadcasts. Jacob shall return and have quiet and ease, and none shall make him afraid. For I am with you, says the Eternal, to save you. Though I make a full end of the nations among whom I've scattered you, we're yet to be scattered among them, but of you I will not make a full end, but I will chasten you in just measure, and I will by no means leave you unpunished. God's saying that to the chosen people, my friends. God's saying that to us. Are we going to listen? Or are we just going to scoff and say, Oh, you know, that's a little strange. I've never heard that before. No, you haven't ever heard it, my friends. But the big question is why? Why have you not heard this? This has been in your Bible ever since it's been written. This was written 600 years before Christ. These words have been preserved in writing for over 2,500 years, 2,600 and some years. Why haven't you heard this? For thus says the Eternal, Your hurt is incurable, your wound is grievous, there is none to uphold your cause, no healing medicines for you. All your allies, and that is the NATO allies, NATO will break apart, have forgotten you, they care nothing for you, for I have wounded you with a wound of an enemy, the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of thine iniquity, because your sins have increased. There is the reason. We have forsaken Almighty God. Nations that have done great things in the past, under the Christian banner, they started universities, they they came up with these wonderful freedoms and laws that govern our lands that they have come up with from the Bible. Christian men and women labored and sacrificed to build these great nations in the past. And now, after all the sacrifice, after all the faith in Almighty God, we have forsaken our God. And now we're sinning because we have so many riches. And there's nothing wrong with riches. It's what you do with them that matters and instead of glorifying God with these riches, which prophecies in the Bible show Israel was supposed to do, but we have not done it, instead of glorifying God, we glorify ourselves. And God says, I abhor the excellency of Jacob. We glorify ourselves and not God. We have forsaken God. We have sinned against Almighty God. We laugh at the Ten Commandments. We laugh to scorn the Ten Commandments of God, the holy, righteous law of God. And, you know, you'd figure that the Christian churches in our land would be at the spear's point of saying to repent and keep the Ten Commandments, but instead, they're at the very spear's point of saying that God's law is done away. Isn't that interesting? The people who we should be saying we should keep the Ten Commandments of God are the very people who say that God's law is done away. 
We have forsaken God, and this is why we are going to go into slavery and captivity. We need to repent nationally and return to Almighty God. And if we do, God says he will give us a blessing. But if we keep going down this road to ruin, then you will see more 9-11s. You will see more war, and we will not see peace. So now, if you want to find out more about what's going to happen to our people in the end time, I urge you to get our free CD-ROM, the United States and the British Commonwealth, in prophecy. So order your free CD-ROM today. And this is Peter Salemi saying, Goodbye, friends, and I'll see you here next time on the Watchman Program. All our literature is offered free of charge. Write to us at British Israel Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Pahrump, Nevada, postal code 89060. Our website address is www.britishisrael.ca. This is Bill Pizzinas saying goodbye, friends.